The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawkeye Media presents... Conspiracy Pill with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like, it's, sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. Right. It is what it is. Hi. Hi, everybody. I was trying to wait a second so that it wouldn't cut off, but then I don't think I waited long enough. So it probably came out. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. What's up, Abby? How's it going? It Yeah, it's hi, PJ. And just had to be here. It's the greatest intro to the show <laughs> of all time. Thank you. Thank you. It is not awkward at all. Yeah. As all of my intros are absolutely like just top tier perfection. Top tier. Every yeah. time. <laughs> Every- <laughs> this is this is one of our Bible streams. This is Daniel chapter one through whatever (laughs) we get to. Yeah. So we've been getting into all of the end times revelation or end times prophecy stuff. We started by reading through revelation. Um, Mm -hmm. We did that what over five streams or something like that. Yeah, I think so. And then after that, uh, you know, Matthew 24 is one that gets brought up a lot. And we Mm -hmm. did that in a little bit of 25. And we're just trying to get through like kind of all of the stuff that's Talking about, you know, these end times revelations, but also things that were referenced in Revelation, I think, mm-hmm. is a big one um, to try to understand what those were better. And I know at some point we want to have people on to talk about this. I feel like people have so many different interpretations and we're just trying to go through and understand it. So it's not a it's not a sermon. It's not a here's the answers. It's literally just doing what we've been doing this whole time yeah. and just reading through it and trying to make sense of it and trying to get more and more uh, information and more and more familiar with the word. So I hope you guys enjoy this, this type of stuff. People have seemed to enjoy it so far. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed doing it. If you don't um, enjoy it, I don't know why you clicked on it. That's a you problem. So. <laughs> that is that is a you problem. It's right in the thumbnail. Daniel, a vision of the end. It's got like a, a bear and a dragon. I mean, come on, listen, we're going to be talking about like bears and dragons and four-headed leopards. If that's not interesting to you, I don't know what your problem is. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, that yeah. is a you problem as well. Exactly. If you don't find dragons and four-headed leopards interesting, that's a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So do we want to do any more intro to this book or just like do it? I think we should jump into it. The only thing I want to say or show people that are watching live is we can do this now. (gasps) So if you guys are watching on Rumble, we've been trying for so long to be able to throw your Rumble chats up on screen, your Rumble rants and things like that. And now we can highlight your messages and put them up on screen from Rumble. So yeah. that's a thing that you used to only be able to do with the YouTube and Facebook and stuff. So I ruined it, I think. 
you ruined it. I don't know if I ruined it. Can we move the logo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can move that. Yeah, yeah, PJ, it's, get it's, it together. That's, that's a you problem, too. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a me problem. It's just going to bother me. I love it. Base is actually getting my hubby to hear God's word, so thank you so much. Well, that is awesome. You're welcome. That's amazing. Yeah, PJ's hubby. Here's some God's word. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. I'm reading off the screen. Um, I'm definitely not going to put this one up on screen. So, oh, yeah, there we go. Thanks, Frida. Make you feel good. About I put yourself. on, I put on eyeliner to do something, and then I just didn't take it off. So that's that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the that's the secret. That's my secret. I wear no makeup most of the time, and then when I put the tiniest little bit on, people are like, "Oh my god, you look great!" See, look, this is why we do it for the PJ. Your beard <laughs> looks rad. Um, I'm working on it, guys. It's not fully there yet. I'm it's trying coming. to grow this middle part out yet um, <laughs> and then trim it up so it's all even. But yeah, I'm leaving the friendly mutton chops behind and going for the Chad beard. I got to start curling the mustache <laughs> and all of it. So right now I'm just in this phase of just getting really, really hairy again, and then I'll <laughs> groom it, groom it back down. So I don't know if we have to curl the mustache. I don't know if that's I quite think, it, I think it's, a net, it, it's in the meme. I'm just saying. <laughs> So. <laughs> cactus we we haven't even started we were waiting for you so yeah we were waiting for you now that you're here <laughs> time for the chad meme to become a reality so yeah let's just throw this up on screen and start talking about let's do it talking about daniel okay okay so i'm gonna start i guess i gotta start reading um i believe in you <laughs> in the third year of the reign of jehoiakim king of judah i'll find it there we go there yeah, you go. <laughs> right there. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So, for those of you who listened to our last episode on the Anunnaki, this is a king, this is the height of the civilization, the last civilization to serve the Anunnaki. Outright. Mm-hmm. There's like a continuity from Sumeria to Acadia to Assyria to Babylon. And then when Babylon falls, the Pantheon goes underground and comes up looking very different in Greece. Right. Yeah. But up until this point, they're all the names change a little bit, but it's all the same exact. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mythology. Yep. So that's just a it's spiritual context, I guess. <sighs> And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. I don't know which which one exactly. Which God? But he's... For he's, Jehoiakim? So... Or no, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar brings, basically, treasure from Yahweh's temple and puts it in the house of his God whatever God that is. Right. This is, I mean, this goes back to an episode we did about like, did they take the Ark of the Covenant and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Can you see if you can figure out what, what God that was? That Nebuchadnezzar served? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a moment. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel both the royal family and of the nobility, 
youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among those were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. So each of these Jewish guys gets Babylonian names and a Babylonian education. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And the context here is that everything the king was eating and drinking had first been offered to his gods. So it was, oh, you are gone. PJ is muted. I promise I didn't do it on purpose, probably. I figured I must have gotten muted because I was talking and all of a sudden you just (laughs) rolled right over what I was saying. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. What were you (laughs) saying? I don't remember now. Oh, and I'm not saying that to be pity. I really don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. No, I do remember. I was saying I find it interesting that like when you think back to this book, the names that you hear are Daniel. Mm-hmm. Even though he gets a different name, mm-hmm. but you don't remember the other guys. Yeah, you don't. You never hear him referred to like that. It's just an interesting thought to me because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah, are always known, known by, by, by the their Babylonian, Babylonian names. names. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I skipped this up. Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar. Bel- okay, okay. I think it's Marduk, by the way. Is it Marduk? Okay. Yes. Fascinating. Mesopotamia. So Marduk in Mesopotamian religion, the chief god of the city of Babylon, the national god of Babylonia. Okay. Wow. So, so yeah, the reason Daniel doesn't want to eat this food is that it has been offered to probably Marduk um, or one of the gods. This, this, this is not working. There we go. Yes. Well done. I, Thank you, Observer 777. I'm just going to apologize really quick. I'm still having internet issues, so there's like this weird lag thing going on where I oh. try to change something on screen. It's not happening right away. So I don't know exactly if you guys are seeing the lag or if it's just on my end. So I apologize. I don't. I'm not noticing it, but. Okay. Okay, so he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Another, <laughs> yeah, I, I pretended I didn't know I'm you to PJ. Uh, that derailed me. Um, so notice we've got all these eunuchs going on here. And this is, I believe, to Inanna um, that, that these eunuchs are being made. They're... they're They've got a spiritual significance in the palace. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just going to work on <clears throat> fixing something in the background while you talk. So keep cool. Going. Cool. Okay. This is, We're this doing is the fun part. We're doing a Bible stream plus testing out new software. Plus yeah. I'm like editing our layout. So that way when we do our other streams, they'll be less laggy. So you guys get the whole picture. We just, we're just going to hang out, read the Bible and you get to peek behind the scenes while I mess with stuff. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Cool. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of eunuchs. And the chief of eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you are in, were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. 
Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. So like nobody gets to have meat anymore. <sighs> As... As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Gotcha. So that's, um, yeah, really just setting the ground stage for what's happening. And then we get right into dreams and prophecy and stuff. Yeah. And I think that what's interesting about this book is like revelation is all prophecy. Like you have a prophet, but he's sort of incidental. He's like narrating it, but he doesn't, he barely exists in the story. Daniel is very present in the story. This is like, he's a captive in this King's court. He's trying to do the right thing morally. He's trying to stand on his principles. He's trying to just like, he's just a young guy in, in a simultaneously awful and really privileged position because mm-hmm. he's taken away from his home, but he's also in the King's court. So yeah, it definitely has a more human aspect than, than revelation. I think it's, a, I think a lot of that is <clears throat> just from the study that I've been doing on this a little bit lately is just, I feel like it brings more context to revelation. So you get into revelation without having Daniel. And again, this is why we're going back and trying to study these things. Right. I feel like it's, it's vastly more confusing because you don't, you don't really understand the context of a lot of what Daniel and Ezekiel and, and had set up and what Jesus had set up in, in Matthew 24 and stuff like that. So. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Chapter two in the second year, of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king and the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your house shall be laid in ruins. <laughs> but if <laughs> Who just goes up to somebody is like, I had this dream, and if you can't figure this out, I'm going to kill you yeah. in the most horrific way possible. If you can't tell me what I dreamed and what it means, you're... You're dead. We talked about this the other day, but I find this really interesting because like people have dreams all the time. Yes. But there are dreams that people have where they know that they're important. Yes. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar is saying here. He says his spirit is troubled to know the dream. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I don't know why I find that so interesting. It's just like, 
he knows that this is not a normal dream. And I wonder, I don't know. Yes. Um, to answer Swimhook's question, yes, this is the same Nebuchadnezzar referenced in Ezekiel and elsewhere in the Bible. He's a very big figure in history and a very big figure in the Bible. Oh my gosh. Is What's hmm, up? never mind. Nothing. Keep going. Okay. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, let the king, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word from me is firm. If you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. Then the Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. So I think a thing that we skip over Mm -hmm. when we learn this in Sunday school is that the king has all these sorcerers and enchanters and magicians and Chaldeans. And I think the Chaldeans are a certain. I was thinking that too. I'm like, I want to make sure that I understand who they are as well. Cause again, that's something that just gets skipped over. Right? Yeah. Okay. A member of an ancient people who lived in Chaldea circa 800 BC and ruled Babylon 625 to 539 BC. They were, were renowned as astronomers and astrologers. So you have this society that worships the Anunnaki Mm -hmm. that is their, their religion and their politics are heavily integrated and their King relies on astrologers, magicians for counsel. And he is not doing that because they're faking it. In fact, this is this is right now. He's like he's worried that they're going to fake an interpretation for him, which is why he's he's demanding them to tell him what the dream is before giving him an interpretation. It, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that's perfect. Because I was going to say, if it wasn't for him asking them to tell him what the dream was, not just saying, "Hey, here's the dream, interpret it." If you're threatening to kill people and saying, "Interpret this dream," here's the dream. They're just going to mm-hmm. say whatever to save yeah. their lives. So. I do find that interesting. He's like, no, but you also have to tell me the dream. I, I also noticed a little thing here, and I we talk about this often where um, there's there's things to understand about the languages that these books were written in. Mm. And there's a distinct thing that we need to note here at the beginning of Daniel is that the first seven chapters of Daniel were written in Aramaic. Mm-hmm. So they were for everyone to understand because the people in the Babylonian Empire at this time spoke and wrote in Aramaic. Right. The last this wasn't five just for chapters, the Jews. Yeah. But the last five chapters revert to Hebrew. Because and the last it is. five were for, for God's people. So the first seven are for Babylon, for everyone to talk about these things. And then it's specifically for God's people. So um we'll see that when we get to to chapter eight, what the what the split is there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I do find that really interesting. Seven chapters in Aramaic, five chapters in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. 
So it seems like there are moments in history, like God chose the Jewish people and he mostly focuses on them, but there are moments in history and they're like big historical moments. The reign of Nebuchadnezzar, um, Pharaoh, when the Israelites were in Egypt, it's often with these big Kings where he, he does something really big in another culture and almost Mm -hmm. just starts a rumor about himself. Like, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Like, and, and you, you hear, you see these verses about like, we've heard a rumor about you and your God being mm-hmm. the most powerful. We've heard a rumor that your God is the most powerful God is, is something that kind of circulates. So that's yeah. just also, because they worship hook, these other gods. Swimhook pointed out that these people were the Amorites and the Hittites, and they were all subject subsets of the Canaanites, mm-hmm. which is, again, it's interesting because we're talking about people who worship these Anunnaki, but they're also people who were given the, the, given this forbidden knowledge from them that were given mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that that's DNA was like messed with by these people. We talked about this in Genesis 14 and in other places, numbers 13, mm-hmm. 31, uh, where it tells us very clearly in many cases, these people were descendants of the Nephilim. So they were carrying on this mm-hmm. DNA and some other people they were carrying on these um, in, in Enoch, it talks about him giving them astro- the, you know, as Azazel, I think giving them astrology and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, the, well, a lot so, of the different watchers passed on various right. bits of knowledge that these magicians and sorcerers and astrologers are all carrying down. Right. So these people are, are carrying down knowledge and, and practices of fallen angels. Yes. Yeah. And they're saying <clears throat> only the angels themselves could do only the gods themselves could do what you're asking for. We, no one has asked a common magician like us. No great right. king has ever asked his magicians for this. Right, but Nobody that's why it's it. so fascinating, right? Because this is God saying, look, here are the here are my servants that broke away from me and tried yes. to give you this knowledge and they're, they are insufficient. Yes. Your gods are insufficient. Which is exactly what he did in Exodus. Yes. So... Uh, yeah. Also, we don't need this kind of negativity over here, Bobby. No, gingers <laughs> like PJ. Gingers have souls, man. <laughs> All right. You're not God. You don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. All right. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. He's like, you guys are all full of shit. So... So the dec- so I mean I I think part of this is him just being a great king and like just wanting his way but part of it is being really 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 uh unsettled by the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh so the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. I mean, this guy is like right there, ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Yeah. So I think it's interesting at this point that Daniel has built a relationship with the people around him such that the captain of the guard is in some ways going against his orders to spare Daniel's life for a little bit to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, <clears throat> really quick, Saltzilla asked a question I f- feel like we've touched on before, mm-hmm. but I think it's important. It says, so are the Anunnaki still worshipped today? The question I think is, is it still or is it again? And that's, that's it's what I think too. Both, right? Yeah. Because they are again being worshipped as the Anunnaki. They are again being worshipped as their original revelation. Yeah. But after the fall of Babylon, they went underground and they popped up as different things. They they popped up with different names and different faces and different slightly different skill sets. Um, it, it's almost like they failed their people, so they didn't. Uh, there's there's something curious here that I've t- touched on before. Sorry, I want to I want to yeah. get back to Daniel in a second, but I want to answer this question because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Is <clears throat> there seems to be this? We've kind of talked about this, you know, resurgence of of aliens and things like that that have come mm-hmm. and revealed themselves to people and told them stuff. But there's specifically groups of aliens that started revealing themselves to people throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s, mm-hmm. uh, very specifically. Uh, the the Raelians are only one of them, but there's this group called the W56, and there's all these other groups who are coming and giving the same Anunnaki mythology to people, mm. like I said, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s specifically. And the one thing that they all hold in common that I find interesting, and I, I, I kind of want to understand this, they all talk about nuclear war as like the reason why. Yeah. Like it's this dividing point of them. And and Marvel made the same exact comparison in uh the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Bas- you, you remember that where they they get the Tesseract weapon and the Tesseract is like the signal for the aliens to come and they're like, You're ready for a next higher warfare yeah. or whatever. But that is literally what these cults are telling these people. They're coming, they're re they're re-giving them the Anunnaki myth under other names, and now we're just seeing those all coalesce into this one religion so is are the anunnaki worship today yes they absolutely are they're just but it's it's like you said it's coming back to their original people are actually reading the mesopotamian text they're actually calling them the anunnaki instead of yeah you know whatever other names they've gone by for a long time and i think this is the great deception at the end times this is why i think you know there's so many bookends in the bible and i see this bookend here of like here was the first people to rebel against god and create religions where they get the people to worship them instead of yahweh yeah. Throughout time, we're coming back and they're calling themselves the same names. They're getting the same type of worship. <clears throat> they're getting people to sacrifice children to them and all of these things and do the old magics to get into astrology, to get into um, yeah. whatever. So it's again, like the, if you ask me, you know, a million different reasons why I think we're actually living in or starting or at the beginning of the end times, it's because of stuff like this, it's because the old gods are coming back under the same names asking for the same worship and they're getting it and they're getting it big everywhere so mm-hmm. yeah they're being worshipped today it's it's the yes. probably the biggest growing cult in the world right now yes and i think a lot of people are just not noticing it yeah and uh we're going to do our best to get to your questions but if you want to uh, guarantee that a question will get answered go ahead and send a uh what are they called on rumble rumble rants um, yes. You cannot yes. Sorry, I'll stop. Su- <laughs> I'll stop interrupting you. So yeah, yeah, PJ, only interrupt me if people pay. I'm just kidding. If it's a good question, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. But um, YouTube, you cannot send a super chat on YouTube because we demonetized ourselves because we don't want YouTube to make any money off of us because they hate us and that's silly. So yep. that's how. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Let's get into God revealing His dream. This is yeah, insane. yeah. Then Daniel 
went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from God, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. So he has to go to sleep. (laughs) Right? Like, Mm -hmm. believing he's going to die. I like that he gathered everybody to pray. He didn't just keep it to himself. He gathered everybody to pray, and then he went to sleep, and he had this vision. That is a lot of faith, though, if you think about it. Like, hey, pray for me. And if I don't, ha- if I, if God doesn't reveal it to me in my sleep, I will die in the morning. Yeah. And then to be able to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess this is a vision of the night. So maybe he, maybe it was just during the night and he didn't actually fall asleep, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> is vision of the night just like a common phrase for, for like, yeah, I don't time dream, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons, which is such a fuck you to the, to the God, to the Anunnaki, right? Like yeah. he, because God set up the, the heavenly host to be signs and markers of seasons and times and, and like that's the purpose for which they were set up. Um, and, and then they went their own way. And so Daniel's like, he can change the times and seasons. <laughs> He's still in charge of you. Even if, even if you rebelled, he removes well, this is what, this is what God does so much though. He does it in, yeah. in Exodus, right? He, he, he sets up these people, the, the, these, uh, angelic hosts, the heavenly hosts to, to have dominion over certain things like, Hey, this is your job to do this thing. You're going to be in charge of this, that, and the other. And instead they want to be worshiped in and of themselves and not give that glory mm. to God. Yeah. So he comes into places like, like Egypt and he's like, okay, so <sighs> this, this, uh, this Keck guy, this, this God of the frogs or whatever, yeah. I'm going to make it rain frogs down and show that I'm, I can do what I set him out to do better than mm-hmm. he can. Yes. I don't need, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm more powerful in each of their gifts than they are by themselves. Yeah. And he went up against the sorcerers of Egypt Mm -hmm. um, who were able to duplicate some, but only the first few of, of the miracles. This is is the thing he keeps doing though, right? Is he keeps like going and saying, Hey, these, these fallen angels who you're worshiping because they have this gift or this ability Mm -hmm. to give you this thing. I can do all of that and more and better than they can. Yeah. I'm better than your, I'm better than your gods and my prophets are better than your prophets. And yes. it's always this interesting collaboration between God and his prophets. Yep. Um, okay. Let's see. He changes times <sighs> and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore, Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah, 
a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. I mean, imagine what Arioch's taking on right now. Imagine the faith Arioch has in Daniel to put his neck on the line right. for it. Okay. The king declared to Daniel, <clears throat> whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw, O king. Mm -hmm. Real quick. I mm -hmm. want to make sure I didn't get something wrong before we get into the interpretation. <clears throat> Daniel's going before him and saying, don't kill all these dudes that you were going to kill. Yeah. And I said earlier that Daniel's life was on the line. Was his life on the line? Did I miss? Yes. Did I miss? His was, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's not only just saving himself, he's he's saving all of them. And I find that's the part I find so interesting. Yeah. Is like he could be like, hey, these guys suck. Go ahead and kill them. But I know it. So don't kill me. Yeah. Instead, he's so. like, don't kill any of them. Yeah. I don't know. No, just but because he basically he's saying you did ask them an impossible thing. And the only reason you're getting the answer is because God is God and he's, he wants to reveal it to you. Yeah. So in a way it's, it's by sparing them. I feel like that's Daniel saying it's not because I'm better than them. Right. It's because my God is better because well, my God, right? Yeah. He literally says not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king. And I like that he kind of puts the king in, even before he gives the interpretation, he puts his, the king in his place. He's like, you asked an impossible thing. Like that was deeply unfair. And you're only getting an answer because God wants you to have it. <laughs> so good for him. And he uses the king of Babylon to give him end times prophecies. I find that so yeah. weird that it's not that the king deserved this thing. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way that God uses imperfect vessels and imperfect people and even evil people to do his will is. Yeah. That's another like show of power almost to be like, you don't even worship me and I'm going to use you to well, reveal he, to my people something. He's taking from the Anunnaki, their most powerful king on the planet. Right. Yeah. Their most powerful human vessel and flipping him. Yeah. Um, All right. So Daniel interprets a dream. Yes. You saw O king and behold a great image. This image mighty and of exceeding brightness stood before you and its appearance was frightening the head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell you. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the
the King of Kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and to whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. So in like one breath, he's saying, you are the greatest king on the earth. Like you literally are the king of the world at this moment. But also you only have any of this because God gave it to you. Right. I mean, imagine telling a man that powerful, that it's not him, (laughs) that he doesn't deserve any of it. Like imagine walking up to Elon Musk and being like, everything you have is really cool, but it's not yours. God gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm looking at a picture of this thing because I want to put this on screen for you guys. So this is what he's talking about. He's talking about, like I said, well, we can get an interpretation, but I'll just show this picture and keep reading it and then we can talk about what it means. So, yeah, because I think he's about to reveal it anyway, but it's even more clear afterwards that a lot of these things that he's talking about didn't happen yet. And then we're Mm -hmm. pretty provably like through this, this vision and then the next vision, it's just proof that not only were all of these things true, but they were like Daniel knew about these kingdoms before they arose. Cause you got to realize right now, the head of gold is the only thing that's happened, right? The Babylon empire is currently in existence, but th- this is about empires. This is about yeah. the, the Persian empire, the Greek empire, the Roman empire, and then the empire of the final days, which, which uh, I've got thoughts on when we get to it, but keep, keep yeah. going and keep reading it. Um, okay. Sorry. Just start again at 36, Uh, I think. 36? Yeah. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom, inferior to you, shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle, As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all the kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold... A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. Right. So, yeah, he lays it out right here. You've got the head of gold, which is Babylon. Uh, The next one, he talks about breasts and arms of silver. This would be the the Medes and Persian Empire. And this is later confirmed with the beasts that are going to come in. Um, But it's it's pretty pretty clear what these are talking about uh, looking back. Uh, belly and thighs of brass, which would be the Greek empire. And then the legs of iron of the Roman empire. And then the interesting part 
is the feet, which are a mixture of iron and clay. It's all of these nations cobbled together. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like what we have we're right moving now. into today, yeah. right? Yeah. It sounds like the UN. It sounds like the World Economic Forum. It sounds like mm-hmm. the the Agenda 2031 World Socialist Government. And when we get to that point where we've got this cobbled together uh, empire that rules the world, as what is at least what I think it is what it's talking about, that's when this stone, this rock, comes in, breaks apart all the kingdoms, and everything shatters. Yeah. And then that rock that comes in becomes a mountain. It becomes the the kingdom of God that, that's brought down to earth. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I love this vision because it's, it, again, this was talked about when there was just the head of gold. And then we've seen these successive kingdoms that that represent everything Daniel's talking about. Yeah. We know that his vision was true. We know that his visions have come true. And the only part of it that we're waiting on is this feat of iron and clay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... The one thing that always bothered me about this a little bit mm-hmm. is that it's continuous to a point. Like Babylon is taken over by the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians are taken over by Greece. Greece is taken over by Rome and then Rome just falls. And then the way that it's been told to me is like, and then we just don't have any, any empires for a long time, but we're expecting one to come. I don't know if that's entirely true though, because since Rome, it's just been this European Western led world for a yeah. long time. Well, it's been democracy, right? It's been, it's been this self-determinism, nations kind of ruling themselves like a little bit of strength, a little bit of weakness mixed together. Like, I don't think we're waiting for the feet to show up. I think we've just been in them is one. Yeah. 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 I guess that's what I mean is like, yes, but I feel like again, when, yeah, I mean, cause you can look at the British empire and all these things, but they're, they're all, they all have one thing in common after Rome. They're all this European central yeah. Western world. Right. Yeah. So it is I mean, interesting. even right now, the seat of power is still in Europe. Like that's the one thing that hasn't changed, right? Is the seat of power might've been great Britain. It might be Sweden, whatever, but it's still this European cobbled together empire right. since the fall of Rome. It's interesting to me that the East exists and there have been empires in the East, but that God is like, yeah, they've never really been players, <laughs> but they're, they're not, really, they haven't though. been. I mean, They've been strong in their own little corner of the world, and that's it. Right. They're very pr- they're very proud, but they're they've never been great empires. Well, even, just even think about it as as a culture. Like no, like even China just tries to steal American culture. So they steal intellectual property. Yeah. They have tried to recreate Hollywood. They they bring Hollywood over to China to make movies, yeah. but they they don't create the culture. They're not leading the world in any real way. They might be oppressing their people through force. But they're not leading the world the way that Rome led the world or the yeah. way that Babylon led the world. And they have some beauty in their old dynasties, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other way you could maybe look at this is if you see the Roman Catholic Church as being an extension of Rome, of of that empire just holding through. So you're saying the the Catholic Church would also be part of the Iron Legs? Yeah, at least to a point. I mean, there was a 
period of time where it was seen as synonymous, right? Up through the, like the middle ages where, where, um, the Holy Roman Empire. Well, you could also look at it this way too, right? If Rome, if, if, if the Catholic church is an extension of Rome mm-hmm. and the, and the, and Rome is iron and the yeah. feet are iron and clay, We've seen a, a mixture yeah. of worldly governments in the Catholic, in the Roman Catholic Church leading the world for fifteen hundred years. There you go. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And again, if if the Catholic Church is as we talked about in Revelation, this city on seven hills with the red mm. and the purple, the whore of Babylon, that's going to fall and be this this false place of worship uh, that le- you know points people towards the Antichrist in the end times, as we're seeing. Like I said, the Roman church setting up this Ooh. new fake 10 commandments and things like that. Like is the feet of iron and clay, the mixture of, of the church and the worldly governments. Yes. Because if you think about this, this is it, the direct the, iron is used is, twice. That's not a mistake, yeah. right? It's not a mistake. And it's all the same statue and the head is Babylon. So the yeah. feet are still Babylon. I mean, there is the fish god hats and the. It's all Babylon all the way down. It is though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fascinating, fascinating. Should I keep going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Sorry. okay. Go ahead. No, how dare you? How dare you have thoughts in this stream that is about having thoughts about the Bible? <laughs> um, okay. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel. And commanded that an offering in incense be offered up to him. So everybody else had told him only the gods can do this. And then Daniel comes in and does it. And he goes to worship Daniel as a God because he knows that only the gods can do this. Then the king answered and said to Daniel, truly your God is a God of gods and Lord of Kings and a revealer of mysteries for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the King gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the King and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the King's court. Yeah. And then <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar takes everything in a different direction. <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. Like he, you can tell he's inspired by his dream. He's still thinking about his dream. Yeah. He, he makes an image of gold. He just <laughs> held on to that part where he said, look, the head of gold is you is you and, and the, the, empires that come after you will not be as good. I find that part so fascinating because I don't think we understand just how like magnificent Babylon was and how powerful it was that Daniel would say, even the Greek empire and the Roman empire, which we look at with greater reverence than the the Babylonian empire would be lesser empires, lesser empires. And there's so much we don't know about Babylon, like in the things that we do make it into the mist, like the, the, what is it? The seven wonders of the world, the hanging gardens yeah, the and hanging things, gardens. right? Yeah. So how magnificent was Babylon in its time? Yeah. And, and, and like, what is the definition 
like what is the definition of what makes it so good? Was it a good place to live? Well, good and live? great are different things, but yeah. Well, yeah. Was it, was it a, but was it, was it good? Was it a good form of government? Was it? Well, I don't think it's saying it's good, like morally, <laughs> but, but great as in mighty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the mightiness is. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I always I always try to make sure I don't mix up good with great, especially in the That's Bible. Fair. Like, there's plenty of things that are talked about as being great, which is <laughs> uh, the, the best synonym for that would be mighty. Uh, good is a moral term that I, I highly, I would, I would ne- probably never see used in conjunction with uh, Anunnaki worshiping uh, Babylon. Yeah. Um, okay. Whose height, so this image's height is 60 cubits and its breadth, breadth six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe and every kind of music all the peoples nations and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that king nebuchadnezzar had set up therefore at that time certain chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the jews they declared to king nebuchadnezzar o king live forever you o king have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the hornpipe lyre trigon harp bagpipe and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image and whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning fiery furnace there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Literally, literally, this guy was just like, hey, um, my gods actually couldn't solve my thing and your god could. But I'll kill you if you don't worship my gods. Like, it didn't take him long to go back to... Yeah. But I think the interesting thing is he he left his gods behind, but he didn't he made fully himself a god. Then. Yeah, he didn't fully accept the god of the Bible. He took too much the part where he had been given all this power, and he's like, okay, well then I'm a god. Right. right. His conclusion seems to be that God serves me. He inter he gave me this dream and interpreted it as in I'm the head of gold. Yeah. And therefore, I'm a god, and he's like a servant. That's that what that's how it comes across to me anyway. It it definitely. He definitely takes the Amagod part and runs with it. Yeah. And and doesn't think in terms of like, oh, this being is still stronger than me. <laughs> then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, <laughs> commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you did not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Okay, so he is still worshiping. I, I misspoke there. So... 
he's putting himself over all the gods. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you're ready, the repetition in this passage is interesting to me. Like, I don't think it's pointless, but I don't understand why there's so much repetition of the lyres and harps and things like that. Yeah, there's there's a few and lines in here. Pipes. Where did the Scottish come from? <laughs> How did they get there? <laughs> it's Babylon. They have everything. They have everything. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, n- now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the hornpipe, lyre, trigon, harp, uh, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall be immediately cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Do you think the repetition just had to do with like the way that they pass these stories down? Possibly. Like an oral tradition. It was just easier. Like the repetition was easier. Yeah. To, yeah. I think, I think where a lot that. of it comes from. I think so too. There's a lot of times in the Bible where I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. You said the thing. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. So the people who threw them in died. Because they yeah. got too close. Yeah. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. So true. O so king. true. Facts. Facts. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. The unbound thing should not be a surprise. I I can't imagine the ropes would have lasted. (laughs) Walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Yeah. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high God come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has set his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other god who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the provinces of Babylon. In the province of Babylon. I mean, you know, all you got to do is get thrown into a fiery furnace to get that promotion. My question here is, where is Daniel? 
I've I've always wondered why he's not in this story. He, the last time we saw him, well, it did say that he was in a diff, serving in a different capacity than the other three. Exactly, like Daniel was in the king's court. Yeah, but Daniel remained at the king's court, and then so Mike guesses that the king wasn't requiring the people closest to him to bow. Like you guys know me. You don't have to bow down to my statue, but like every, all the plebeians out there, they have to bow down to my statue is kind of what it sounds like. But Daniel's just not in the story. Even he's not interceding with the king for them. Yeah. So what you're saying is that, uh, Daniel was able to eat at the French laundry. Well, everyone else what? had to lock down uh, yeah. for 15 days, a.k.a. two years. That's the question. No, I is mean, like, it is interesting, though, right? Like it is. Is is it is it a story about, you know, in, in some part of it about like do what I say, but not as I do that was pushed down on the Babylonian people. I don't know. Like it's the. Yeah. the I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's not like Daniel is, um, as we know, it's not like above getting punished in this type of way if he doesn't follow. Well, maybe he is because you remember his initial reaction was to bow down in front of Daniel and offer him sacrifices and incense. And so in some capacity, he recognizes Daniel as a God, a -hmm. God and a servant of the God. So I wonder if he just didn't like Nebuchadnezzar is not an idiot. He had to have known that Daniel wouldn't bow down to a statue of him. So I wonder if he just didn't ask him to and just kept him out of the room for all of this. Because <laughs> he, yeah, would, no he would know, you know. But but it's interesting that it's not included. Yeah. At all. Any any like and Daniel was locked in another room or something like that. Yeah, this this is interesting too. I don't what I don't get is why Daniel wouldn't vouch for his friends, and maybe mm-hmm. he did, but it's not mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always hard to to fill in from from omission, like right? What all what all is going on, or and maybe maybe, maybe yeah. it's maybe it, it's just more about it's more about his friends and the including Daniel in this part would just have stolen glory from the the people from their sacrifice yeah. and from from how God saved them in particular. Yeah, I wonder if that's that's it. Um, I don't know. Okay. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, The fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. So this is the the thing about Nebuchadnezzar. He's so back and forth. Yeah. He sees the thing, and this is is, uh, representative of all of us. It's like we can see the signs and miracles and wonders and then be like, yeah, but. Yeah. He's he he kind of seems a little Trumpy to me. Like he's just yeah. very every single thing he does is very like grandiose and yeah. like the best god of all the gods. But then he just yeah he's inconsistent. 
So anyway, yeah, this time he Literally, tells them that worships God. He's he's greater than my gods. Also worship me. OK, well, yeah. maybe not. I'll praise God again. And now I'm just yeah. going to go back to those people who serve the, the false gods yeah. and ask them for help. And this time I'm going to tell them what the dream is. Like, yeah. it seems like he really doesn't want to talk to Daniel. There's I think there's something about Daniel that scares him. So if he can avoid talking to Daniel, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. But they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last, <laughs> Daniel came in before me. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I guess call in the guy that knows what he's doing. Yeah. He wa- he who was named Belteshazzar after the name of my God and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream saying, oh, Belteshazzar, king of the ma- uh, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you. He's trying to diminish what Daniel is to, oh, you have the spirit of the gods, plural, in you, instead of acknowledging the one God. He also continues to call him Belteshazzar, which is an, he, like it says right here. He's naming him after his yeah pagan gods. I want to look this up real quick. Bel, uh, Belteshazzar God. Is there anything about like... um? Because that's the only mention of it that I can think of, but the Babylonians serve lots and lots and lots of gods. So, okay, so Daniel means God is my judge, right? But Belteshazzar means Lady Protect the King. The Babylonians pers- pur- purposely gave Daniel a girl's name. Wow, is that because they made them eunuchs? There's like a I further think insult. So. Yeah, Ouch. yeah. Ouch. I never knew that before. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway. Cut off his manhood and name him a woman's name. Wow. I don't think it specifically says it in the Bible, but it's kind of heavily implied. Right. Well, it does tell us here that it's named after something that we could find out. So if there's, you know. Yeah. If that's a babylonian term it, it just says it's not specifically said in the bible you couldn't find out what it means right yeah okay oh belteshazzar chief of the magicians because i know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you he's <laughs> it feels like he's mocking him right yeah a little bit and that no mystery is too difficult for you you mean, you mean besides cutting off his manhood and naming him <laughs> bitch come here <laughs> protect me woman Uh, tell the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation the visions of my head as I lay in bed were these I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great I have questions about this the tree grew and became strong and its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and in it was food for all the beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. This sounds like Yggdrasil. It sounds like the tree of life as yeah. conceived of in Norse mythology. Yeah. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed and behold a watcher, a watcher, a watcher. Tell, I yeah. didn't realize I didn't I realize never caught that before. Oh my goodness. I, me neither. I never caught that before. And behold a watcher. 
So oh. so hold on. I just that we, that can't be overstated. That's the only time I can think of in the in the canonical Bible yeah. outside of Enoch that the term watcher is used. We'll have to pay attention to that cuz so, okay. What I have read the Bible. This? I've read the Bible so many times and sometimes Me it too, feels and I've like I've never caught that before. All of a sudden a veil's coming down and everybody is seeing things that we didn't see before and it's not CERN, it's not Mandela effects. It's literally just things that are being revealed to us now that our eyes were closed to before. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. <laughs> I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed and behold a watcher, a holy one came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. The census is by the decree of the watchers. The decision there by the word. Again. Yeah. Can I, can I point out one thing? Just because it's the watchers does not mean that it is the fallen watchers. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Like this is a classification of angel or a job right. that they were given. So well, that's I what don't he's think saying. Yeah, I don't think this is one of the ones that was like cast down into Tartarus or anything is my point. I think that's why there's the second qualification. So the first time he says a watcher, a holy one. And the second time he says by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones. He clarifies both times. It's the holy watchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the 200 that had broken. Yes. Yeah. The decision by the word of the holy ones to the end that the living may know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw and you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you were able for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. (laughs) Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong so that its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and in in which was food for all under which beasts of the field found shade and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a degree of the most high which has come upon my Lord, the King, that you shall be driven from among men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall made, you shall be made to eat grass like an ox and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. 
And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine. Like Daniel's terrified. Daniel's terrified to give this interpretation. Like, how do you tell the king this? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, sorry. I was looking. There was a suppose. I think there was a footnote next to watcher and I just wanted to see what it said and I already lost place of it. Anyway, yeah. We we uh, brought up this this part of Nebuchadnezzar on another episode before too where he becomes a beast of the field. So there's like this whole thing of like <laughs> this is all conspiracy that he was a werewolf. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of references here back to Ezekiel which I think we're going to read mm. next too. So yeah, we're again, just going backwards. We're just so like much, there's so much like <laughs> referential material. It is funny that we are working backwards a little bit. Yeah. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, "Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty?" While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O king Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you. This is the same wording, seven periods of time, as Revelation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that, too. There's also, yeah, time, time, and time and a half, which will come in later with... uh, yeah. The beast, the, the, yeah, beast of the end time stuff. And seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules over the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, like all of a sudden we get first person Nebuchadnezzar, Mm -hmm. lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven among the host of heaven Mm -hmm. and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done at the same time? My reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me and I was established in my kingdom and still more greatness was added to me. Now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar understands the way that he talks about all this. He understands God's He's not saying Oh, my gods were fake this whole time. And there's only one God in the universe. He's saying, my gods are real, but 
the most high God, he does what he wills among the host of heaven. And Mm -hmm. none of them can ask him why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And our Christianity doesn't acknowledge this. Right. Yeah. There's so much that's just left out of like, like, like you said about the heavenly hosts and, um, I think, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I think just not acknowledging that these things are real and that they have, they have power, not that they are to be worshiped, but that they are real. Yeah. And I think that that fear of, if I acknowledge that these people are worshiping real beings, that these beings exist and, and give their followers certain power, not that it matches God's in any way. Obviously that's what's being shown to us through Daniel. It's been shown to us, you know, time and time and time again. Uh, but just not acknowledging they exist at all is not seeing the problem. It's it, it's why I love that line. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he didn't yeah. exist. It's like you you can't fight your enemy if you don't believe, if you don't know they exist. It's difficult to see with Egypt because the Egypt dating is so wonky. Mm-hmm. But one way of looking at it, one p- potential situation of the dates of Egypt is that you have you have one pharaoh who suddenly just says we're not going to worship all the gods anymore. We're just going to worship Ra. We're mm. going to be a monotheistic culture. Right. And the theory, one theory that I've heard is that that's that's when Israel escaped and and God humiliated and defeated all their gods. And then they're they're left in much confusion over their religion and trying to figure out who this one God is that they're supposed to be worshiping. That's so much more powerful. Yeah. And then they're just led into worshiping a false God, but right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Or just right. a different one. Yeah. But, but they, they lose religion in, in, in their pantheon. And this, mm-hmm. that's kind of where Egypt starts to fall because right. they're not, the pantheons do give power that civilizations did draw their power from these pantheons. And when they didn't serve these pantheons and when they didn't serve God instead, when they served nothing Nothing. at all, yeah, then they fell. Yeah. I've had this theory about, um, before I even understood it this way, but I've had this theory about like why there are certain nations that never rise to power and other ones do. And the, and I, I used to think, that it was just, well, they had better stories. They had more unifying mm. concepts, right? So I would look at Greece or Rome in particular and be like, well, they unified around these, you know, yeah. pantheons. They brought the, together the 12 different places of Greece and made them into this one singular pantheon instead of worshiping all these little gods. And then you look at places like Africa, which just worshiped like these tiny little trickster gods and all these, like mm. every five miles is another small being. But I, I think you're right. It's it's not that it's good that Rome had this this pantheon. They were worshiping this maybe just more powerful demons, but it's mm. it made them more powerful than everybody just worshiping their own small little uh, <laughs> demons in a way. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the other the alternative to that, which is Christian nations, which are the other powerful nations in the world because they're worshiping God. Um, yeah. the most oh, powerful nations are the ones that worshipped the Watchers themselves. Yes. Except for Israel that worshipped, like, under David and Solomon, at the height of Israel serving the God, they were 
supreme in the world. But every other civilization that has been strong has been ones that served directly served the watchers. And then other civilizations. And then Christian nations. And then Christian nations. Yeah. Um, So so you serve one God and you you can become a powerful nation or you serve a pantheon of powerful gods. Yeah. And you can become a a powerful nation that also uh, sacrifices and and yeah. uses children for sexual pleasure as the Romans did and things like All that. All of the most powerful ones, yeah. the features are child sacrifice, yes. slavery. Yes. And that's what you, and that's what made powerful nations out of Roman Greece. Yes. Yeah. And we forget the slavery part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is sure. a feature. And that's what the Third Reich was trying to be. We we don't talk about this because it was just a the, it was just theoretical. They hadn't gotten there yet, but Germany wanted to be a nation with slaves. Right. That their racism was a means to an end as opposed to the reason for their evil. China's rising to power right now. And what is it? The two things that they have. They have the one child policy and they have the Uyghur slaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (sighs) Okay. Uh, One. I just saw this one comment I wanted to pull up says, King King Nebuchadnezzar was humbled by God for boasting about his achievements, lost his sanity, and lived like an animal for seven years. The tribulation will be seven years. Daniel's a prophetic book. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good interpretation of it. King Belshazzar. So this is the next king in line. Nebuchadnezzar's gone at this point. He's out chewing grass or something, right? Or is he... I think is this, this after is, he returns. I think this is afterward. This is just okay. the next king. I mean, because Nebuchadnezzar is king when David is very young. Oh, and by the way, I brought up that that theory that people bring up about uh, Nebuchadnezzar becoming a werewolf. It's obviously doesn't bear out in the text. I just yeah. was mentioning it because it's people funny. said that to us when we covered other things yeah. in the past. I'm like, eh, I don't know how you get werewolf out of he goes and acts like a cow and grows long <laughs> Yeah, he's so anyway. Were cow. Were cow. He's a were cow. <laughs> We figured it out, guys. Yeah, yeah. Wear cows all this week on Conspiracy Pill. <laughs> King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought that the king of his and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Immediately, the fingers of a human hand appeared. Do you think that they're still reading this prophecy from Daniel and like totally not getting it? They're like, oh, this image made of these things. Let's worship the, yeah. the things. Anyway, I think sorry. so, but it's also the way that they'd always been worshiping. Yeah, that's true. Since, you know, since yeah. the beginning. Immediately, the figures of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers, the king Knee-jerk declared reaction right mm-hmm. there. Always go for them first. Yeah. Whoever reads the king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. 
Then all the king's wise men came in. Okay, that that implies that Nebuchadnezzar is still king. Belshazzar, his son, is also king, and then he's promising a third ruler. Okay. I think I think that's what we're we've got here. I feel like this might have just gone back in time that Belshazzar is is t- is running the kingdom while his dad is out. Great. It's but I yeah, could be wrong very that. possible. That's how it, that's how it reads to me, but I could be wrong. Okay, that's fair. We can look we can look it up if you want if you want to pull it up while we're yeah. Um, then all the king, the, then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came in to the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, "O king, live forever." Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans and astrologers because an excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles and solve problems were found in this Daniel whom the king called king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. So I love they're calling him Daniel now. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, your father called him Belshazzar, but his name's Daniel. So uh, there's this little note in my Bible that says King Belsh- Belshazzar mm-hmm. um, was the son of Viceroy of Nabadonius. He's called the son of Nebuchadnezzar, but the a- Aramaic term could also mean grandson, descendant, or successor. Okay. So he's not actually Nebuchadnezzar's son. Got it. Okay. Um, but I don't see anything about if he was serving while Nebuchadnezzar was like out grazing or whatever. So okay. it's probably more likely what you were saying that this is afterwards. Cause, okay. Because the word would most likely mean successor. Okay. But I don't know. Anyway. Then the king was brought in. Then I'm sorry. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, you are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah whom the king my father brought from from Judah. I have heard of you that the spirit of the gods is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. Real quick, history says that Belshazzar was the son of a certain person. Yes. And while I'm willing to say, okay, they use this turn of phrase to indicate successor. It also is repeated several times in the Bible. My father, right? my father, my father. And it could also just be that there's this tendency to go off of any history. That's not the Bible. So yes. maybe they found some clay tablet that suggests that there's a, there is a Belshazzar who's this or that or the other. Yeah. I'm not saying the Bible's wrong. Uh, honestly, I, I sometimes worry that we take too much yeah. credence from anything that's not biblical. Like there's there's this there's this tendency to go, well, the Bible has all these histories, and yes, we can take this one book and find out that A, B, C, D, and E were all historically backed up and proven true, mm-hmm. but we don't have any reference for F. Therefore, we, it didn't happen because it's not outside. It, right. We don't have any history outside of the Bible, and I think that's <laughs> we're not treating the Bible fairly. Yeah. Uh, well, not we're me, not using like, the same standard. No, we don't. Yeah. We, we talked about this on Quirks Creation the other day. There's there's a an incredibly higher standard for biblical history than there is for any mm-hmm. other history at all. Yeah, let's put it this way. If there's one tablet that says Belshazzar was the son of this 
what's his viceroy face? yeah viceroy and then and then the bible says he's the son of nebuchadnezzar i'm inclined to think that the bible is not just using a metaphorical turn of phrase it's actually telling us he's the son of nebuchadnezzar and whether that means that the viceroy thought belshazzar was his right. son but it and could he also wasn't. just be that we're reading in english and the term was never son and That's it's possible. just you know what i'm saying it could just be it could literally be the word for successor but it's son but it's son and its father both of those things are used right if they're he's like my father if they're not interpreted son. as successor and predecessor sure 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 but like okay yeah, but why wouldn't they just be <laughs> why wouldn't they just be I don't know. I guess what I come back to is like, God's not a God of confusion. Yeah. But anyway, it could, I mean, my faith doesn't rest on this, but anyway, I got, I got hyper fixated. I'm sorry, you guys. I'll get back to them. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Where are we? Uh, 16, I think. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingness and greatness and glory and majesty and because of the greatness that he gave him all peoples nations and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would he killed and to whom he would he kept alive whom he would he raised up and to whom he would he humbled but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him he was driven from among the children of mankind and his mind was made like that of a beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys he was fed grass like an ox and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the most high God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will and you his son. Okay. I do see a note saying or successor. So, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm I, this I think makes it clear. This is after he comes back from. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. So there's no break in in chron, chrono, chronology. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway. okay. So, the word for son and the word for father it, it could also be translated son or predecessor, but there's a reason. So this is one of those, the language is capacious, but there's a reason the interpreters went with son and father. Right. Doesn't know. mean they're right, but they did. Um, okay. Belshazzar have not humbled your heart though. You knew all this though. You knew all this, like you, you knew all this and you, you still didn't. Right. Um, but you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and, and golden of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath and whose are all your ways you have not honored. Then from his presence, the hand was sent and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Mean, mean, tekel and parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mean, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Now remember, Perez. No, never mind. That was Peleg. Never okay. Mind. 
Um, okay. The, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king was killed and Darius, the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. I think it's incredible that Belshazzar doesn't get mad at Daniel. He just accepts it. Yeah. And then he's killed. And they yeah. take over <laughs> the Persians take over. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we have the third king. I was going to do chapter six and then end there because Daniel's 12 chapters long. So two streams. Should we can we do six and seven and then we can cut it off where it changes narration? I thought it just changed. Cut off the, the first seven are the ones that are written in Aramaic and then the last five are written in Hebrew, but seven's kind of long. So you're right. Seven is when we start Daniel's visions. It's up to you. When, when we get no, to the end of sense. six, give me a final answer. Uh, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom and over them three high officials of whom David was one to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or any man for thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked." Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. It- <laughs> This this is like Darius didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. He was trapped by his own legal system. 
Right. And but he believes it also shows what a good servant Daniel's been this whole time. Yeah. The kings who hate his God don't don't hate him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. May your God whom you serve continually deliver you. I, I don't see that as being like a challenge or anything. It's just like he really hopes as God delivers him. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords and nothing might be changed con- that nothing might con- be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and sleep fled from him. Again, doesn't want to kill Daniel. Doesn't want to kill Daniel. And in his own way, he's praying to Daniel's God. Yeah. Isn't that interesting though, that God can use Daniel's suffering to make uh-huh. this, this pagan king yeah. pray to him. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Like he doesn't doubt that God exists. He just wonders if he's strong enough. Yeah. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. (laughs) They, their children and their wives. Wow. Uh, yeah. And before they reached the bottom of the, the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Like the lions were freaking hungry. You know, there's, there's, there's something about this. I'm realizing that reading it in a modern American context uh, is interesting because the, the first, the first thought is these people don't worship God. They must believe they must not believe he exists. Yeah. And that's never been true in these, no. in, in, in these stories and in the old Testament, everybody knew that, that that Daniel served a real God. Mm-hmm. They might not have believed that he was the God or they might have believed that their gods, you know, plural could be, could be better. Could give them more, be better or whatever were worth worshiping or because it was their ancestors. But like it wasn't the doubt that he, God existed. Yeah. And I find that so interesting that they're, they're willing to pray to the God of heaven, to, to Yahweh because they know he exists and yeah. they've seen the spiritual warfare. They're a part of spiritual warfare and they, they're on the wrong side of it, but they don't ex- they don't deny the existence. And I think just because we live in such a sign an age of scientism, where we think that all belief against the God of of the Bible is disbelief mm-hmm. instead of um, opposing belief. I don't know. It's yeah. just interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth: Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree. Then in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, as, and, his, and his dominion shall be to the end. Which echoes the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, right? His yeah. kingdom, that rock that hits everything, yeah. will never be destroyed. He delivers and rescues his works. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who saved Daniel from the power of the lions... So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. There's something also so powerful about just this idea, this idea that Daniel is 
Daniel is changing people by being a good servant. Yeah. He's changing he's he's changing kingdoms by suffering. Yeah. That it's not through conquest or glory or proof or argument. It's through submission mm-hmm. and letting and, and suffering on behalf of of God. That he's made three kings now see his God as the living eternal God. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 humble. It it's is. Humbling. Um, I think you're right that we should finish seven. Okay. Because that's where the Aramaic. So we're going to get through all the Aramaic and then we'll leave the Hebrew for next time for next time. Okay, okay cool. Plus it kind of rounds out what we were talking about in the beginning with the yeah. uh, statue and stuff like that. Yeah. So we got one more vision of the end time. Plus it was on the thumbnail. We can't, we yeah. can't have the thumbnail show the four beasts and not talk about you're, the four you're beasts. You're so right? right. You're so right. So, all right, um, I like it. so what kind of stands out to me is like Daniel's, pretty old at this point like he's he's getting up there he's served three be. different kings now mm-hmm. um and this is the first time he's having his own dreams up mm. until this point he's interpreted somebody else's dreams yeah and i think what also goes without being said is like this is we're, we're talking about the highlight highlights of daniel's life yeah. throughout this but it's taking place over decades yeah and it's summed up to a matter of days and moments. Is this true? And yeah. the rest of it is work. The rest just, of it is just doing your job day in and day out, being a good servant. Yeah. All, all the little things that we ignore, all, all that stuff that made it possible for him to be in these moments at the right time, just by mm-hmm. being, you know, by being a servant. Yeah. So. Faithfully serving his God in exile. Mm-hmm. Because he could have said, from the very beginning, he could have said, fuck you, God, you let my nation go into, go into exile. You, you failed us. You abandoned us. I'm not going to serve you. But instead from the very beginning, he risks his life. He and his friends risk their lives to continue serving the God. Yeah. That of their fathers. All right, let's get through seven. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream. Oh, we're backing up. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. So this is before Darius. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Slightly back in time. Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Sorry. I just want to. Do you think this is because the first seven chapters were written for the Babylonians and it's bookending like here was the first vision. Here's all the important things that happened in Daniel's life that changed the Babylonian kingdom and the Persian kingdom. Yeah. Let's recap on this vision and like really tell you what God is saying, what God said through Nebuchadnezzar in this dream and then what God brought to Daniel yeah. in, in, a, in a similar dream. I I don't, I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with this idea of like the the book ending of things in the Bible. It's like, let's repeat this thing at the beginning and the end to make sure that that's the point that you pay attention to. Yeah, I think you're right. And again, that's why I think it's a perfect way to end this stream. So. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Sure. Okay. Uh, In the first year of Belshazzar, King of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and vision of his uh, dream and visions of his head as he lay in, in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea 
and the four great beasts came out, uh, came out of the sea different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And then I looked as its wings were like, uh, or as its wings were plucked off as was, and as it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear, it was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked, and behold, another, like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong, it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left in, uh, with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came, upon, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like that of a man and a mouth speaking great things." Uh, I want to try to go off a of memory here really quick of these beasts because we already brought up this, this, um, let me share this again and then I'll try to find a picture of the beasts. We already brought up this idea of these, these, you know, different empires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the first beast, which is the lion was a lion, right? Sorry. I want to make sure I get this right. The first beast is a lion that had eagle's wings. This represents Babylon. We can get into why in a minute. But the second one I find interesting because I was just reading something about this, how the second one is the Medes and the Persians. But w- w- like when you think back on this time, you don't think about the Medes much. They were they were a combined empire, yeah. but they were entirely propped up by the Persians. That's why we just think of it as the Persian Empire. Yeah. This is that bear standing on one leg, like all of, you know, like oh. or with one leg lifted up, like all of the weight is on the Persian side of this. Okay. Which I find really interesting. Um, what was the third beast again? Okay, wait, Sorry. wait, wait. Sorry. Go back to the lion with eagle's wings. Yeah, that's Babylon. Don't we... S- okay, hang on. Because this is something we see all over ancient imagery, right? The yeah, Assyrian- yeah. I mean, Babylon, the Babylon, uh, Babylonians had all kinds of lion imagery in their stuff. Uh, there's Gilgamesh but holding a the lion, a lion with wings specifically. Yeah. Um, what are they called? There's a name for it, right? I'll find it. You you keep going. Uh, then there's okay. So then the leopard with four heads, right? After Alexander the Great conquered Greece, it split up into four kingdoms, or split up into there was four different um people that tried to take over after mm. so again like all these things are stuff that hasn't come yet and then the fourth beast which is the really confusing one uh let me see this a le- or no that's the leopard after this i saw a vision of the fourth beast it was terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong it had great iron teeth it devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left behind its feet it was different from all the beasts were before it and it had 10 horns I considered the horn, and behold, there came up another among the horn, a little one, which three of the first horns were plucked up by its roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth, and a mouth speaking great things. Huh. The ancient days resigned. As I looked, the thrones were placed, and the ancient days took 
his seat. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. So let me share this really quick. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His th- uh, throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. It's a, a stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking, and I said, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to the to and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged from a season and a time. All right, so I want to I want to just think about this for a minute. We can look up some some stuff on this, and I think it goes on to talk more. But how much of this sounds like the beast of Revelation, though? Right? Yeah. Um, my cat's got in now. I'm distracted. Um, here's what here's why this is interesting to me because the fourth kingdom was iron. Mm-hmm. The fifth kingdom was iron mixed with clay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the beasts, there's four beasts mm. and the beast changes. And this is, this is, again, this is similar to, it's not iron and then something else. Everything is gold, silver, bronze, yeah. iron, iron and clay. Yeah. And the iron is said in both visions was broken apart and then yeah. patched together with something else. So, Sorry, let Again, me just... it is... Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Okay, so the fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong, iron teeth, it devoured, it broke in pieces, like same sets of descriptions, different from the beast before in that it had 10 horns. And the 10 horns is, again, the same as the, Re- the beast in Revelation, right? Yeah. And then a- another horn, a little one, And yeah, maybe we can, maybe at the start of tomorrow's stream, we can compare the two, uh, not tomorrow's, but the next Daniel stream, we can compare this one and the revelation one. Yeah. I kind of want to just think about it between now and then, but exactly. this is, this is a picture of the beasts and uh, it doesn't say dragon, but it sounds like a dragon, right? Right. Yeah, it does. So that's how everybody interprets it. You got the lion with the, the wings, the bear with the three ribs in its mouth, the four-headed leopard with wings, and then this great beast with ten horns. Mm. I guess the, what I was getting at and what I was thinking is the difference between the two visions is that one of them has a fifth part. And the other one has not quite a fifth part, but a changing of the fourth part, the fourth beast. Yeah. But you could also look at it as in the feet of iron and clay is a continuation of the fourth kingdom but different. Yeah. I and that does saying. make me wonder, like if, if Rome is obviously this iron kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And we have the Holy Catholic church of Rome. Mm-hmm. Is that the continuation of this thing that's been mixed in with world governments and that, that come and go like clay, yeah. like easily broken apart, you know, yeah. thousands of years of governments rising and falling and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, wasn't the 10 horns, the 10 Kings. Yeah. I, I want to go through and compare these in my off time and come back with a better answer. I'm just kind of yeah thinking about these off the top of my head and just giving first interpretation or first thoughts on it. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely like really clear symbolic similarity. Yeah. There's a continuity between Nebuchadnezzar's dream, this dream, and then the beast in revelation. 
I think a lot of what we want to do is just see what it is that we're missing so we know what questions to ask too. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this is the process. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's a lion with wings statue outside of the UN. Oh. There's also, isn't there two lions with wings statues outside of the courthouse in New York or something like that? That's a good question. I'm not entirely oh. sure. Uh, anyway, we can go back to finishing reading Daniel 7. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Mm. No, I, I want to look at it and, okay. and come back next week with it. Um, We're not done with 7 yet, so hold on. Uh, let's see. I looked then because I saw the sound of the great words of the horn was speaking, and I looked. The beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Hmm. I saw in the night visions, and behold... With the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man, and he came, the Ancient of Days, and he was, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, and that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will, shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So again, this is the rock that broke the feet of iron mm. and clay and then became a mountain. So this is God's kingdom yes. replacing all of the earthly kingdoms. Uh, Daniel's vision is interpreted as for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious and the vision of my head alarmed me. Mm. I approached one who was, who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four Kings who shall arise out of the earth, but the saint of the most high shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth. The four beasts, which were different from all the rest, or the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which would devour, which devoured and broke in pieces, and stamp what was left with its feet. And about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up, and before which three of them fell. The horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. So is this the Antichrist, this this horn or the beast of that's Revelation? The way that it's being that's the way that it's been taken, certainly. Yeah. Until the ancient days till until the ancient of days came and the judgment was given for the saints of the most high, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces as for the 10 horns and out of the kingdom, 10 Kings shall arise. So again, those 10 mm. horns, 10 Kings, that's also revelation and another shall arise after him and she, and he shall be different from the former ones. So that horn that comes up amongst the 10 mm. and he shall put down three Kings. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause I don't, I don't remember if that's in Revelation. Maybe hmm. I just missed it. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the time and the law. And they shall be given uh, into his hand for a time, times, and time and a half. Yeah. Or Sorry, a time, times, and half a time. So three yeah. and a half years or times. Mm. But yeah, it also matches up with Revelation. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom of the dominion and the kingdom and the dominion of the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people 
of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Mm. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Hmm. So when we come back, I want to come back next time with more thoughts on seven Mm -hmm. and compare it, like take notes between now and then, and then there's more visions. And the story kind of changes a little bit for the last five chapters, so... I don't know. What are your... Oops, wrong button. Yeah. You've been quiet. What's your, What are you thinking? So the chat's talking about the winged lions. The fam- There's famous Baghdad statues of winged lions. There's, there's this Assyrian conception, so it would have been prior. Basically, the, f- the, the first beast would have been an image to Daniel of something he recognized that was already in the imagery of Assyria and Babylon, that winged lion. Yeah. The winged lion that has an Anunnaki head with, with the beard. I sent it to you in the private chat. Oh, okay. Did you? Yeah. Um, but some of them You're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. don't me... have a lion body. They have a bull body. So... Some of the ones I found were the winged lion and some of it is a winged bull, but they all have the same head, kind of that weird shaped so head with Anunnaki a weird hat. You just covered. Yeah. Yep. And it's, and it's the Anunnaki face and beard. And the weird leg things, weird leg things. Yep. It's just, a. this is another way that the Anunnaki revealed themselves. Sometimes it was humanoid and sometimes it was this animalistic thing. Right. So, it's it's fascinating that that it seems like God is defining the kingdom by this beast that looks exactly like the way that the Anunnaki were revealing themselves as the same beast. Like it was already in their artwork before it appeared in Daniel's dream like this. Yeah. And by the way, Baghdad would be ancient Babylon. Yes. So and Saddam Hussein, when he was in charge, actually wanted to take the people back to being more like the ancient Babylon and, and having those same customs and beliefs. So interesting, interesting note there. But yeah, he believed in unifying the Middle East to be a new Babylon. And there seems to be some push in the Catholic Church to unify with Islam. Yes. So I think we are going to see. Babylon be Babylon and Babylon be the Catholic Church at the same time. Like old Babylon. That's why I think it's the mixing of the iron and clay. Good point. I don't know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you're if the iron is the Roman Empire and that yeah. continues on with something more fragile. Yeah. And the way that we look at the world today is governments working with the with the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people in the chat are saying the winged lion is a symbol of St. Mark the Evangelist. Where does it say that in the Bible? Yes, it has been associated with Mark, but where is it in the Bible? Right. Because there's a lot of pagan imagery that Catholicism has added to our conception of Christianity that has nothing to do with anything the Bible ever said. And I would argue that if they're adding in pagan imagery to biblical figures, that is the whole point I've been trying to make is, is this mixing of, of things. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. If you guys can find it, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong about it. Maybe there's, I know there's some beasts in, Reve- um, there's some creatures in revelation 
that, but I, I can't remember if, if one of them is a, we'll, we'll double check revelation. We'll, we'll do some cross referencing, I think. Yeah. Sorry. I have to keep refreshing the chat cause it keeps stopping for me. So I keep thinking, Oh, nobody's saying anything. I'm like, Oh no, they are. <laughs> I just have to refresh it cause my internet's junk. So I'm don't mean to be missing what you guys are saying. Um, I think we, yeah, got to wrap up soon yep. here. Yep. Do you have any final thoughts you want to say or? I I always like Daniel makes sense to me right up until this point, and then it's like, okay, you lo- you lost me. What what is the point of all this like weird metaphor where it just seems like I'm like, whoa, okay, too much going on. I liked the simple dream with with the clear like gold silver bronze but like once you have animals with all these heads and all these wings and what's it it starts to just be like can you just speak plainly and sometimes i don't understand why it's like that with this it seemed like it was a clear story and then it was like now we're going to get really weird (laughs) and it's not going to make sense for a really long time but it's going to be echoed again by john and Mm. then it's going to become more and more apparent towards the end time so it, it, it is weird because it's like my whole life you know whenever you read or study Daniel at all, like this kind of stuff takes a wayside. It's really about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And it's really, and there is, there's two, there's two wonderful aspects of Daniel. There's yeah. the, you know, the, the thing that we talked about, this servant heart of Daniel that, that changes. Oh, what's wrong? My cats are getting in everything. Keep talking. I was just saying, there's these two aspects of it. There's this like servant servant's heart of Daniel that like, brings Kings over to his side and, and humbles them by Daniel being a humble servant himself. And then there's the weird prophetic stuff. That's end times. I don't know if Abby can hear me at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're good. It's all good. Let's end this stream for tonight and we'll be back Wednesday. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. One of them knocked over my cactus. Okay. So I just have to, <laughs> have to pick it up in a minute here. All right. Well, we will see you guys Wednesday at 7. We're going to be talking about great aliens. Great right. aliens. <laughs> God bless everyone. God bless. God bless.